Welcome to my podcast, Today's Dream, Tomorrow's Reality. My name is Vicki Poole. I'm a life coach, health coach, and a hypnotist at The Enlightened Peach. And this podcast is all about embracing our mosaic life. And some of you may ask, what is a mosaic life? Well, it is recognizing that all the pieces of our life, the good, the bad, the indifferent, have all come together to make us who we are. Change any one thing and we are different. With that in mind, I invite you to embrace your perceived imperfections and celebrate who you are. This podcast is unedited and raw, just like life. I will be your host and we'll have special guests from time to time. As a matter of fact, I have a wonderful guest for you today. And if you have any ahas or questions, please leave a comment or a voice message. So now let's get started. So let me pull up her bio really, really quick. I'm super excited to have Miss Wahida here. All right. Wahida Dean is a Reiki master, a psychic medium in South Florida, offering healing services in, is it Davy? Davy? Yep. And online or by phone. She spent 20 years working with children and families of trauma and the foster care system and brings this experience into her healing Reiki practice, Metafix Wellness Center. She offers tarot readings, numerology readings, birth chart readings, and even dabbles in astrotography. Astrocartography. <laughs> Astrocartography. Okay, you'll have to explain that one. She has been a trained Reiki professional for over five years and focuses on helping people find balance and alignment. She is also an access bars facilitator, offering clarity through running bars and teaching others to release the judgment we place on ourselves, which restricts us in growth and decision making. At most, a session feels like a great massage. At best, your entire life will change. How does it get any better than that, right? Clients are seen live at local holistic office partners in healing located at 12525 Orange Drive, Davie, Florida, 33330. Oh, I love that. Healing sessions at bars and Reiki are available Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Tarot readings, numerology, and birth chart readings are open daily. To book a session, you can text her at 954-480-3182, or there's going to be a link in the bio that I will be sharing. Follow her on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, and Facebook, and those links will all be there as well. For free daily readings and view her free live shows Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern on Instagram are the Lotus and the light Facebook group live shows are about spiritual topics and also offers a chance for free readings, which I take advantage of often. Don't miss it in town. She offers a free monthly Reiki share the first Friday of every month at partners in healing at 7 PM Eastern and a student Reiki practice circle monthly must attune to attend the circle. She is also a cannabis researcher at the university of Miami and the Herald heart study researching the relationship between joint, blunt, and vape users and cannabis and heart health. And then there's going to be a link to see if you qualify for that. So that's a lot of stuff to unpack, girl. Some of it I knew, some of it I didn't know. So first off, what was that? Astrocartography? Astrocartography. What yeah. in the heck is that? <laughs> Astrocartography is looking at a map of the world mm -hmm. and basically placing your birth chart on it. 
So at the time that you were born, there are different lines that will intersect on different parts of the planet. These parts of the planet may be more beneficial for you to live there, to find love there, to get education there. Um, I'm an avid, you know, Lotus and the Light um, center, like, student. So I actually have one of my lines running through Manassas, Virginia. And I was not surprised at all because I get like all of my trainings done. Oh, wow. Interesting. It was crazy. Um, And then I have another one that runs all the way down Florida. I have literally lived from Gainesville to going to university there to Palm Beach. I have clients, Miami. I have clients. I work in Broward and that line just runs right through all of those. And I'm good to retire here if I want to deal with this heat for the next <laughs> however long I've got left. But, you know, maybe a million years, million years. <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of lines in Alaska, too. So we've definitely got interesting. Travel. Well, you know, I would be curious where I keep getting this hair in my face. I, I'd be curious about my lines because, you know, I take classes all over the place. I mean, they're in California, they're in Florida, they're in Utah, they're, you know, all the different places. But I've always well, I can't say always. The only time I have not lived in Georgia has been um, when I was in like the third grade. We've moved to St. Petersburg, Florida um, to help my grandfather. We came back to Georgia and then I went to college in North Carolina in Charlotte. Um, and other than that, I've really always lived in Georgia and not in, in on one's on the north side of Atlanta. Um, except for one little year stint on the south side of Atlanta. So it's really in the s- same area that I've been most of my life and my family too. So it's it's interesting that that is, that is a thing I didn't even know existed. I'll have oh, to yeah. check that out. And you know, and it's funny, I'll just share really quick. My daughter, um, she's, sometimes I call her a nomad because she just suddenly decides, you know, Um, I can't remember if she was 17 or 18. I don't know. But anyway, she said, I I guess she might've been 18. And she said one day, she said, you know, I think I want to move to Colorado. And I said, really? She said, yeah. And I said, well, do you know anybody there? No. I said, when are you thinking about moving? She said next week. It was like, what? And she moved. Um, She's been to Denver twice. She lived in Hawaii. She's lived in Portland. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, she just goes places you know but and this is I guess her home base (laughs) and then she filters out and I've never felt that that was an option I really never felt the draw to move away I like to go visit and stuff so I would wonder thinking of what what you were just talking about I wonder if that means that her topography is that what you how you call it astrocartography Um, if that has veins running in those different places, is that what that would kind of mean? Yeah. So the lines run through different places and there's some things that, uh, it has a lot to do with your planets and your alignment as well. Mm-hmm. And so there are She's some a Gemini that you shouldn't like live on or you shouldn't have relationships. Like if a guy is from here, like you probably don't want to really do that. Mm, I bet I've dated some of those people that were in those areas I shouldn't have been in. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I got totally off topic with that, That's but okay. it was like, as soon as we were, uh, I couldn't pronounce it. I thought, well, what the heck is that? We need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to do now is kind of step back a little bit and let's um, explore a little bit about when you were 
younger. And if I'm remembering right, you've had this calling for the cards and all these different things for a very, very long time. And so I'd kind of like to let's dive back into a place where it suddenly became apparent to you at whatever age that this was something that was different from other people. Oh, definitely. So I would say I had my awakening around my late twenties. I was taking some classes and I learned that I actually turned it off when I was a child. So when I was a child, about probably around seven or eight years old, I was thinking I was having nightmares because I was able basically to see through the veil. So I was able to see spirits and see things around me. And that really scared me, obviously, as a seven or eight year old. And I didn't really have the family members to who understood that that was something that was normal in our family um, or normal in our lineage, because it is. And so I never really got asked the right questions. Like, why are you crying? Why are you having these night terrors? Why are these things? So what did they say? Um, they just thought that I woke up every night crying and I was having night terrors because night terrors is a thing, you know, when you're a kid mm-hmm. and I was telling them, you know, what I saw and they're like, oh no, that's not real. Like just, you know, oh, it was just a dream. It wasn't real. That kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's what we all say to little kids though, to be perfectly honest so with yeah, you. Know? <laughs> kids have an active imagination. Yes. Yes. Mine, mine was real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you said. Um, so before you were started waking up with these terrors and everything, did you feel anything? And I know that's going back in at, at a younger age where sometimes that's really hard to, to remember back to, but, mm-hmm. and as a young child, you might not even say to yourself, well, this is weird. Right. You know, I don't know. So, um, what are your thoughts I- about prior to that? I would say that I definitely had a pretty good psychic sense when I was a younger child. Mm -hmm. I knew people that I was okay with. I knew people I wasn't okay with. I knew. um, Meaning you could feel their energy, whether it was good or bad. Yeah. Okay. Definitely sense if they were a good person or not a good person. Um, And that even went to my classmates at school and parents and teachers who were involved in school, just kind of knowing like when a teacher really didn't like me that much and (laughs) when I was pissing them off. (laughs) And, um, you know, it just is something that I thought I didn't know when I was a child was different. I thought everyone felt that way. I thought Mm -hmm. everyone could see those things the same way that I could. Um, I didn't realize, you know, most people just kind of walk around without any of that happening. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's interesting, you know, because like I, I can say, you know, it's like I had a conversation not too long ago with someone and we were talking about this kind of thing. And they said, well, you know, all I know is what I know. So I just thought everybody had those experiences. And I guess we all feel that way when there's something that happens to us all the time. It's just normal. And we don't question and say, do you ever feel like this? For one thing, we don't want to bring attention to we feel this way in case they don't. Right. Because <laughs> right. we'll be ostracized, especially as a young child, right? Absolutely. You had to be either right or wrong. There was no gray. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you had to be in the right place with the right people, or you were just, you know, uh, you weren't talked to, you were ostracized, all that yep. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So did you feel since you had these, some of these experiences as you were getting a little bit older, I mean, especially before the twenties, at some mm-hmm. point 
you had, I would assume that you kind of start feeling like, maybe this is not something I want to talk about because I don't think anybody else is feeling these things. So it's interesting. When I was growing up, I didn't know that I was doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So for me, when my friends would have problems and I would respond to them, I mean, I had a really tight knit group of best friends from like middle school onwards to high school. And, um, I would just always say what they needed to hear. And I didn't know I was channeling messages at that age. Um, And they would have these problems and I would just basically spit out a solution, (laughs) not realizing I was probably channeling that from their guides and my guides Mm -hmm. and helping them heal in a way that they needed to. When I was older and we got together, probably, I don't know, five or 10 years after high school, um, they were like, no, you always knew what to say. And that, that was still even before I was... I realized I was a psychic medium. Okay. Um, and so they're like, no, you always had the right thing to say, like all the time. Like you can just spit it out. <laughs> it just comes out of you naturally whenever we have a problem. You know how to fix it and you know what to say. And I was like, really? Huh. I never realized. <laughs> well, did that, hearing that, did it ever give you a feeling of, you know, wow, I'm so excited that I was able to do that? Or did you have any apprehensions with, you know, I'm glad I said the right thing because I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, what were your kind of thoughts? That's a great question. I always felt like I knew what I was saying was okay. the right. Um, I was even a peer counselor in middle school and mm-hmm. in high school, I was in tons of different leadership roles. So I was always advising people, helping people. I always thought I would actually become a therapist when I got older, but I didn't want to just be restricted to therapy. I didn't want to listen to people's problems all day, which is funny because <laughs> as a psychic medium, I do listen to your problems, but I help you with your problems. Yeah, yeah. I don't well, just listen to I can say becoming a, a psychologist and that kind of thing is a very daunting thing because you are so held tightly in these mm-hmm. constraints of what you can say, what you can't say. And, you know, it, it, um, it's nice to be able to do these kinds of things away from that so that you can let your intuition be your guide and, and know how to, how to help people. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. So I'm looking here at your thing here. So what is an access bars facilitator? And I know we talked about this the other day, but, you know, just for the sake of our listeners or our watchers, you know, kind of tell me a little bit about what that is. Sure. So I received training in order to run your bars. Um, Access Bars is was founded by Gary Douglas and Dane here, and they are from good old Texas. And um, they have essentially created a format where there is energy points that are on the sides of your head that we can run energy through. So when you first have a session, you, we, I'll open up your energy, allow your energy to flow up and down and through you and kind of connect this circuit in a way. Um, there's no music. There's no essential oils. It is not like Reiki at all. It is a down and dirty, let's get to business kind of thing. So a lot of times people will feel stuck. And when you feel stuck, it's probably because you can't make a decision. And there's probably an underlying cause of why you can't make that decision. So I will get you on my table. I'll start with your base bars and defragment a lot of the things and that you think should be. A lot of times we're fed so much information all day long, we have these judgments that build up. 
I have to look like this as a psychic. I have to do these things as a medium. You don't. You can make and do whatever you want to create. And that's the point of access is to access the energy and the, it's almost like a manifestation in a way. Mm-hmm. The Anything that you want and you desire, you can have. And this allows you to feel clear, to feel light, to feel free, and to really dig down deep of how you feel about things and bring that to you. So as I'm running your bars, every bars point has a different name. There's money, there's sex, there's happiness, there's love, there's joy. And out of these points, you will inevitably always talk about that thing while I'm running that bar. So it's a conversation that's happening back and forth. Let's say I'm running your money one and you're having some blocks about money and you start telling me about some issues that you're having, then I'll dig deep. And it is very like, there's not a prescribed way of doing it other than the points, because I really tailor my messages to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, I don't feel like I can make money doing this on a regular basis. Okay. Well, all the ways that you believe that you are blocked and unable to access any energy in order to financially find financial freedom, can we destroy and uncreate that please? And you say, yes. Yes, right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys, povads, and beyonds. And that's the clearing statement. That wipes out your clean, your slate clean. And it might not happen with the first one we go through, so we might keep digging a little deeper and a little deeper. After an hour and a half of that, I've pretty much wiped you clean, and <laughs> you walk out there ready to open your LLC, ready to start that business, ready to buy that house. I bought my house. I'm a first-generation immigrant that's actually here that was able to purchase a home and it was after I ran my bars and I took bars um it's kind of like limitless what we can do and what we can create so yeah that's cool I have I've seen a similar thing um but it was actually online I participated in a class and you know she said the things that kind of sounded the same as what you said um So I, you know, it's, that's what just popped in my head when you were saying that. Um, So do you, are you able to do that online too? I can. And, you know, it's probably my own fears that I don't do a lot more coaching that I can, because I really like got used to doing it in the Reiki room or in the access bar Mm -hmm. room or one-on-one, but I could definitely do that in a group format too, and figure out even just one-on-one coaching in general and figure out exactly what has been going on with you and walk talk your way through that. The thing is, is when you pair it with running your bars, it's like 10,000 levels of expansion. (laughs) So is running your bars a physical thing that you have to do? Absolutely. So it's touching specific points on your head and allowing that energy to run and allowing you to just talk those things through. Because okay. even as you're talking the way them through, I'm teaching you, does it feel light? Does it feel heavy? And why does it feel that way? What's the root of the root? What's coming to mind? Because there are some things that we learn and imprint on us from the time we're eight, five, three mm-hmm. years old. We don't yeah. even know what's still holding. Right, right. I do a lot of um, like parts work and things like that, where we go back and kind of dive into some of that stuff. And it's always, always amazing to see what comes up. But I'm just curious. Now, I'm just asking a question here because, you know, I have no idea. But if you do the touching, can can you not um, 
if you've got somebody in front of you, have them touching themselves and telling you the same kind of thing. And the reason I'm thinking this is because, you know, I have the Healy, which is the, um, the, the frequency device, right? And you hold it in your hand and you can feel the frequency. You can feel it in your body and everything, but you can also send that frequency just like you can do Reiki on, you know, online. I can send that frequency, you know, to whoever it is. And then there's tapping and all these different things. So is it possible that you could do kind of the same thing by you, you directing someone where to touch? So anything is possible is the answer for an access bars question. Okay, Second, I'm thinking that sounds intriguing. We should try the, that. The thing is, is I've been trained to know where those points are, to how to feel them, because it's, uh, it's, it is a technique that you have to learn just mm -hmm. like Reiki. You have to learn how that feels to open up your Reiki, how it feels to close down your Reiki, how it feels to send your Reiki. The same thing with access bars. You've got to learn it and understand it to know if you're on the right point. And then while you're a person who is getting your bars run and you can self-touch, you are also going to be like really buzzy. Like the energy is going to be flowing through you. So it might be very difficult to concentrate and keep your hands up. Um, yeah. I have had my like part, my husband open my centers up before, cause there was an opening part and then start with running my bars. And then I've picked up on like running the rest of them myself. And it, it is similar, but it's definitely not the same. It's almost okay. like when you do self Reiki, it doesn't feel the same as when you go get a Reiki session done. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. But nothing is impossible. Yeah. Just curious, because I'm thinking if you could do that, it would open up so much opportunity for people that are watching this or listening to this, because, you know, they're all over the place and you're in Florida, so they might not be able to get to you personally. And you never know, you know, I have clients that come to me from all over the place. So, you know, they might be inclined to want to just go ahead and travel to Florida and see you. So let's just think they are. And if not, maybe um, you could do some experimentation with some of that. Cause I would, I would love to know how that, how that how would that work. Goes. Well, one good thing about access is it's accessconsciousness.com, which I could have put in my bio, but there you, you can still find can. local access. Thank you. Uh, you can find a local access bars facilitator near you. So there are facilitators everywhere, but I won't say everywhere because I do have someone that goes on my live sometimes and we can't find anybody in Alabama. Like we just, hmm. I guess there's no access out there. <laughs> we need to write to Literally. Let it know. <laughs> so, um, and I am actually working on becoming a trained access bar facilitator. Uh, well, it would be trainer. So once I can do that, if you have four or five people together, I'll fly anywhere and train you guys. And okay. you guys can do chairs. Cool, guys can cool. So all right, for everybody that's listening, you can kind of keep in touch with Wahida and you can get a group of friends together and have her come to you. Now that sounds amazeballs, I will say. Definitely. Very, very cool. All right. So um, let's get back to when you were in your 20s, you said that that's when you had your full awakening, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so kind of kind of walk us around. What did that feel like? What, what was that? And, you know, it may be some other people may see when you're talking about it, they may say, oh, 
that's what happened to me. And I didn't know what it was. You know, yeah. I think we have so many times we have something that goes on with us and we just think, oh, you know, it was my imagination or, you know, whatever. And then we hear somebody else. And then all of a sudden we have this epiphany about, wow, you know, the same thing was going on in my life and I didn't know it. Definitely. Um, I felt that way a lot too, with some of the people that I follow. So I was about 28 years old. I had had my first child and I was working in the foster care system. Um, I was the person who was actually training foster parents and training adoptive parents and supporting them. So as a supportive role, I had a liaison who was also a foster parent and she had just received terrible news. A girl that she had had uh, since birth in her home was being sent back home to a relative she barely knew. And this was really traumatizing. For this How old was the little girl? Do you remember? She was only about two and she had been with her for since birth, um, yeah. which is a harsh reality of the foster care system. But definitely I can attain to I can attest to all that. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so I um I, you know, my foster parent was devastated and she was, she had become the foster parent who also supported other foster parents as a foster parent. So, um, I was like, well, what do you need? Let's go get your favorite food. Let's just go drive. Let's leave the office. We don't need to be here. This is, you're more important and your well being and mental health is more important. Cause of course I was doing what I was doing before I even knew I was doing it. <laughs> and right, right. So, we go drive around and she's like, you know, do you mind if I put this CD on? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, now I'm dating myself because it was a CD. And I, um, <laughs> like, whatever you need, you know, play whatever you need. Is it Metallica? Like, what is it? So she's like, well, it's this lady. Her name is Abraham Higgs. It's just, it's weird. It's hard to explain. Just listen to it. I'm like, okay. So she starts talking. And of course, Esther Higgs starts channeling Abraham. And I'm like, instantly literally it's like something awoken in me it was almost like this jolt like I needed a part of my soul that needed to just remember and I started listening and it made so much sense everything she was saying made so much sense I got super quiet and my foster parent was like are, are you okay <laughs> like checking on me and I was like yeah I'm really okay actually this is awesome. What is this? What is this happening right now <laughs> on the radio? And she's like, oh, well, she channels, you know, information from her, essentially what is her spirit team. And um, she answers questions. And usually you can find a lot of insight in the way that she speaks and the language that she uses because it's so uplifting and it's always filled with joy. And, um, you know, Abraham, as we all probably know, if you haven't listened to Abraham Hicks, definitely listen to Abraham Hicks on YouTube. It will change the direction of your entire day. Right. Uh, Have you ever seen her in person? No, she is coming to Fort Lauderdale in October. Uh, I've oh. been, I've been three times <gasps> and, and I have, and she's been in Atlanta and I just let me share real quick. One of the things, you know, I had been following her for a long time. And so I was so excited to go to this session. And so there's a ton of people in there and, you know, she's nowhere to be found. There's a podium sitting up front and everything. And all of a sudden she walks out, you know, and she's talking to everybody. She has this little a little video thing she puts up and she's just, you know, just as sweet as she can be. So when she decide when she says she's going to channel Abraham, she walks behind the podium and, you know, 
it's just to hold, have a thing to hold, right? And she's standing there. And as soon as she starts channeling, you, I could feel the hairs on my arms stand up and the energy just coming. It was almost like it from my toes. It was coming up all the way up. And like when it got to the top of my head, it was like I could feel this. It, it was almost like this vibrating feeling of the air. It was amazing wow. you know and then when she came out of, from behind the podium when abraham was there and she started calling people and all it was like that that sensation wasn't unpleasant it was great you know it's not like it was an unpleasant experience but it continued until she took a break and walked out and then all of a sudden it was like it's gone then when she came back Got behind the podium. Abraham came back again. Amazing. And I was just blown away. Um, so it was like, after that, it was like, I gotta, I gotta see her again. You know, I have never been one of the people that got pulled up, um, into the hot seat. Um, uh -huh. but every time somebody is asking the same question that I was thinking, now, if I get yep. called up, I'm going to ask this. So mm -hmm. it, it's amazing, but let's get back to you. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. Now. Imagine how large her aura might go, must go in order yeah. to fill up an auditorium like that. That's insane. I love yeah. it so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, it was amazing. All right. So you were talking to your friend in the car. Uh, so after Abraham, I learned about how to manifest. And so manifestation and what that actually is and how that actually works. And I had just had um, my first child and my second, actually, I think I had probably had both of my children. So they're only a year apart. And we lived in Gainesville for quite a while uh, where I met my husband and we really needed some support. So my goal was to move back to South Florida so my sisters could be close to my kids, you know, they could have their aunts and I could have some babysitters and just some help and love in general. Plus I, yeah. Plus I love it down here. I love the energy, you know, Gainesville is a different kind of vibe. So, um, I wasn't also able to keep advancing in my career probably because spirit was trying to send me back down here. And so I, literally I wrote on a business card and put it in my wallet because we still had wallets back then too. I and, still have one today. So well, good. I, <laughs> I am guilty of just using my phone now. <laughs> so, um, I wrote on the card, you know, I will move to South Florida and make $50,000 a year and I'll get like, I'll get that job. And that was my manifestation because it had to be clean. It had to be clear. It had to be direct. And every day I looked at that business card because every day, you know, for the most part, I went in my wallet. And um, within probably about a month or two, I got a call from one of our best friends who was working at the local child welfare agency down here. And they were hiring for literally my dream job. I had mm. worked in child welfare for so long and I really wanted to be a development manager. I don't know what it was. I just wanted it. And I was really good at marketing. I was really good at planning events and I just wanted to do it. And um, he called and said, they're hiring for a fundraiser, a development manager down here. You know, I can get you an interview. And I was like, do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so I have the interview. I come down here. 
literally child in tow with me, dropped my child off to my sisters, went to the interview. The interview was amazing. It was just perfect. I met a really great mentor who was a part of my life for quite a long time. And of course, when she was like, you know, it's only $50,000, is that enough? And I'm like, yes, that's enough. I'm only making 30 something here in Gainesville in the country. Like, it's fine. That's great. (laughs) I can live off of it. Not realizing South Florida lifestyle and what that was all about, but it's okay. We make That's all right. You know, it got you where you needed to be, right? Exactly. And I got the job and I moved down here and it was like everything just kept happening. I kept finding the things that I needed to do. It's like I was tapped in and tuned into the energy and the energy just kept flowing. The right people kept coming into my life. I was able to do the things that I wanted to do. And I started opening up psychically and developing with my cousin Uma, who is my mentor. So then I started taking classes. I started learning about what my psychic abilities were and I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified to not know what I already know now to be my truth. And All right, so pack, pack that in just a little bit. Let's back mm-hmm. up. So re- explain what that means that you were terrified. So I definitely had a lot of judgments before I was open to what I would say is connected to the universe, right? Or my mm-hmm. connection to the universe. So I was afraid of what I didn't know. I was raised Muslim. And so we had very strict confines of what things are, what God is, what, what, you know, energy is, what life is, what behavior is, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, just like every other religion. And I did spend a lot of time in the Catholic religion as well growing up. So I had no idea about like, was this okay? Was this still something that I was not like, was I going to go to hell for doing this? You know, I was just afraid of being who I was. And everyone talks down so much sometimes about psychics and mediums and that it's such a gist and all these things, but being one, I can tell you it is absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like that. Um, probably comes from, um, however many years and lifetimes back where they burned witches at the stake. You know, because, you know, that is brought down from generation to generation to generation. So if you even had um, the ability to tell what plants would help for something, a lot of times they looked at you as a witch doctor and you could be burned at the stake. And and I'll share this really quick. And you may have heard this and I've shared it on another podcast before, but I'll go ahead and share it again. Um, it's, It's about how they've done these studies about how things go from generation to generation in, in um, a lineage. And they did this experiment with monkeys. Um, and so they took these monkeys and they had them in this area and they, um, you know, monkeys love bananas. They love playing certain things and they would let them just be. And then they decided that they were going to teach them that something was not good. So what they did, if I'm remembering right, and I do not remember all the details, but so I'm just speaking out of turn here, but it was like they would put bananas, um, let's just say bananas at the top of this pole and the monkeys would want this. So they would get up there, but as soon as they would touch the banana, they'd get a zap. And over time, they wouldn't go up the pole. But the interesting thing is new monkeys would come in that had never experienced this and they would know right away, don't go up that pole. 
And the other interesting thing was that these monkeys had babies. The babies knew not to go up that pole. And even the ones that had not been in the cage before they, when all of that was going on, they had babies that knew not to, to go to the pole. So it was like it was inherently from their knowledge, it was passed on to the next generation. And even the um, the psyche of the of the monkeys, once another monkey was put in the in the mix that had not experienced all this, they suddenly knew because of the psyche of these monkeys. And that when I heard this experiment, and it's a lot more in depth than that, but that's how I, you know, remember the best way to tell it. And when I heard that the first time, I thought, well, that just makes so much sense that the reason, you know, you can have some things that are going on in your life that could have happened, you know, a generation back or a generation back from there, that for some reason, it was so strong in those people's lives that it's still part of you today, even though you weren't part of it. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Absolutely. I actually was, when I was doing my access bars class, um, Uma cleared us of having been burned at the stake. It was one of the clearings that she shared and the shutter that went over my body was kind of insane. And I was like, wow, that was real. That really happened. And, you know, cause there's your, there's your heritage and your generational, but there's also your soul. Your soul has been here many, many, many times. And that's probably another dot <laughs> episode, but, <laughs> um, but you know, we carry things within us and within our DNA and within our soul that I think, um, hold truth. So you're definitely right. I think that I was, I was afraid of what I didn't know and what I always thought had to be black and white. And I did not ever feel like I could live in the gray. I didn't even think I made decisions really in the gray. I was either right or I was wrong and I'm a Virgo. So I was basically always right. Virgo too. I'm always right. (laughs) And, and, and when I'm wrong, I'm still right. So (laughs) exactly. A hundred (laughs) percent. So you're at this place where you're, you're, you're feeling all these feelings and you're a little bit scared. And I would kind of think from what you're, what you're sharing, everything is part of the fear could also have been, and just correct me if I'm wrong, of judgment from others from having these gifts, right? Absolutely. I worried a lot about what my family would think, what my husband would think, Um, even just what my friends would think, like, would Mm -hmm. my friends even get it? Would they think that it was just a bunch of, you know, insane kind of stuff. And it's funny because I started even knowing like it was time to move into doing this because I was literally pulling tarot card readings at work. Like my coworkers were like, oh, you learned how to do this. Do you want to practice on me? Do you want to practice bringing in a spirit and, and like having me validate them? And I'm like, yeah, let's go to the break room. (laughs) Oh, that is so cool. Tell us more about that. I was like, you guys really want me to do this for you? Like, it was very interesting and it was really eye-opening and it kind of made me feel a lot more comfortable with doing what I was doing. Um, Validation. Definitely, definitely. And you know, Virgo, we're very earth, it's an earth sign. So we're very grounded and we kind of, it might not, I might not see just in black and white anymore, but I do still appreciate a good validation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think every, most everybody does. I know I do. (laughs) Yeah. 
So yeah. you started doing all this with your um your coworkers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then how did you branch out from there? So I actually had a coworker who was like, oh, we would like, we would start buying crystals and stuff together. And we, it was like, you know, the gateway drug is crystals. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'd go to the crystal store, hang yeah, out, yeah. find some things. And I started listening to this really great podcast um, called Psychic Teachers. I still listen to them today. They're amazing. And um, I started learning a lot more about what was out there, um, started taking development classes. And then my um, coworker was like, you should take Reiki with me. Um, I had no idea what Reiki was. And this was where your psychic ability really kicks in, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. She sent me an entire email that I think to this day, I still haven't read about what it was and the history and all this other stuff. And you should really research it. And I was like, no, it's cool. I'll be there. Yeah, I just yeah. want to do it. And it was $400 for my Reiki one class. And um, I didn't know where I was going to find the money, but I sure did pop up because that's how spirit works. That's how energy works. Right. That's when it's right. Meant to be. And then funny enough, you know, we were very like, we we're both Virgos, the girls who took the class and we didn't really like a lot of people in our business. So the other people who signed up for class didn't go. So it was just the two of us that day. Wow. How's that for manifestation? Right? Yeah. And I'll never forget her. My Reiki one teacher was amazing. And I, I, when I walked in that room before she was reading things out of the manual, I was like, like, there's a certain part where it's like something, something about sulfur and it has to do with water. And if you're Reiki attuned, then you know what I'm talking about. And, um, I was literally having the taste of sulfur in my mouth, like a metallic taste happening in my mouth. So my psychic senses were on like a hundred that day. It was exactly where I needed to be. I could felt, I could feel the energy of Makai Usui in the room. I could just feel how honest and true that this was for my life at that time. So I started with um, my crystals as my gateway drug. (laughs) Ended up in Reiki one and I sat with Reiki for about a year before I really started working on myself and my own self Reiki. But knowing what I know about Reiki now, it was doing its work for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) after the attunement was definitely bringing things into position and place and, and putting me where I needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, I've done a little bit of Reiki classes, but you know, I'm not certified by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, it's been so long since I've done it. All I remember is doing this and sending some energy. (laughs) So if that tells you anything, um, but when you started working with, uh, with the Reiki, did you feel like, um, I don't know. I, when I've done some things, it was like when I start doing it, I almost feel like I'm lifting out of my body and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just very intense, but it feels like a long lost friend kind of thing. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? I do. Did you have yeah. that kind of feel with that? I felt like this was something that really helped me and it really allowed me to feel more. Um, sometimes when, you know, I definitely, so we always say as healers, uh, we ended up here for a reason. Like we had a lot of things we had to heal before we got here to be able to help you heal. So I had a rough life. Um, and Reiki really allowed me to start feeling those things, to dive into the shadow side of a lot of that. 
and to work through what those blocks were, what those energetic like mishaps were, why I was making decisions the way I was. Once you understand. So so stop just a second. Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of my things I love to hear about is (laughs) how something was really bad and it created the space for you to be here. So Mm -hmm. go back if you're open to it, go Uh back and kind of share a little bit about how you had this stuff that was going on. And when you were young, that created the shadow. So we can see a little bit more in depth of you coming to this amazing place. Is that okay to share? Yeah, I think so. So I um, was raised up until about 13 in a two-parent household, but my mother was definitely mentally ill. And I don't think in my culture, um, in the West Indian culture, mentally ill is a normal thing, just like in most African-American Black cultures or any other kind of culture. Um, It's not normal to go to a therapist, not normal to take medication for your ailments or anything like that. So um, growing up, it was just something that as the older child, I was placed in a position to basically raise my younger sisters. Um, They are 10 and 12 years apart from me. And my aunts will tell you now, I never thought you'd have kids. Like never did I think an ounce that you would want to have kids because you raised your sisters and (laughs) that was kind of enough. Um, So I was a kid raising children and I was placed in that position because my mother was just not really there mentally. Uh, Her and my father split up and then my dad had to run a household, take care of children and I felt like I, it was my responsibility. So I picked so up. So were you lot- living with your mom or your dad? My dad, my dad got custody of us. Okay. And my mom was living with her mom and she had definitely had a mental breakdown. I would say as an adult now, as I am now, she definitely had a mental breakdown when I was a kid and that happened. Um, and she just kind of went into a deep depression. Um, they later said different things like she was manic depressive and going through a lot of things, which I kind of think manic depression runs in our family too. But I also think being a psychic medium makes you have a lot more depression types of traits because you feel so much so deeply. If you're not managing your energy well, if you're not taught to manage your energy well, you can easily just lay in bed and be depressed for days, Mm -hmm. hands down. Um, So coming from there, I was always forced to or felt like I was always forced to put everybody else before me. It was always like, what do my parents need? What does my mother need? My mom and dad are fighting. What do I have to do to make them not fight? You know, and I felt like I had to be the one all the time Uh, with my siblings. It was making sure they were fed. They were clothed. They had everything taken care of because my mom was just not mentally able to do it. And even when she was around. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she did her best. And I had some years of being like a kid who was just playing like, you know, her radio laying on her bed, looking at the clouds go by, which were probably some of my fondest moments in life. And um, I, I would say after the divorce, it became my responsibility. They became my responsibility. And my dad made it that way. My dad was like, you know, if we're going to move them down here, or if you guys are going to like, separate from your mom and everything. Like I need you to take care of them because I have to go to work. So it was also that like, and how old were you at that time? Did you say 13, 13 years old? I had many aunts and uncles who were around me who were a support system, I would say, but 
I would say everyone tried to mind their own business and passed a lot of judgment and, you know, they did what they could probably at the time, but, um, they could have probably done more. (laughs) So when you, when you think back about that, um, Mm -hmm. and you think about how you were feeling in that space, what were you feeling? Do you remember? I would definitely say I turned off my own feelings about my own self. So the only people who really knew how I felt was that core group of friends that I was talking about earlier who were in my middle school and high school with me because they, they got it. Like they just were the only people that I could talk to. So what was the feeling? What was the feeling of? That you were feeling? Cause I ask you, you know, what were oh. you feeling? So instead oh, right. you, so- yeah. I said, I turned it off. Like I turned feeling off, but so you had I to was, have been feeling something to decide to turn it off. That's what I'm I would probably at. say. Love would be the feeling that I would have to identify to be able to be loved and to love because there was so much tumultuous things going on. Like I kind of viewed love as something that was like, going to lead you down this path. If you mm-hmm. decided to love even religion in itself. Like I was like, well, my parents can get divorced and this is what my life can look like. Like God is definitely not real. And I stopped going to like madrasa or Sunday school, um, and pulled away from all of that too. And just kind of did what I had to do to get out, which mm-hmm. was like what I needed to do education wise so that I could leave this situation and just become better. Okay. So how old were you when you finally left? I was 17, actually, when I got into UF and I left and went to college. I was not supposed to. I was supposed to go to like FAU or some, you know, whack mm-hmm. school down here. And, um, <laughs> and I, um, I got an acceptance letter from UF and I never thought I could even, like, I applied on a whim. Like, I applied because I knew the application people I had got. I was really smart. I am really smart. And I was in a leadership camp at Nova and um, which is a university down here. And you had to be chosen to even go to this camp and different things like that. And I met one of the admissions coordinators and she's like, well, what do you mean you're not applying? Like, why would you not apply? Like <laughs> you're in five, you're literally, I had five leadership roles my senior year. I was ah. like student government secretary, president of like two or three other clubs. Like I was kind of the bomb. Mm-hmm. And I definitely didn't need a hall pass. Let's put it that way. Okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. um, and I enjoyed it. I love doing it. So I was like, you know, I guess I will apply and just see what happens, you know, whatever. Um, and I was a poor quote unquote child too. So I could apply and not have to pay the fees and anything. So I just did it. And I was shocked that I got in. And that recruiter signed my letter. I still have it somewhere. Like, congratulations, love Giovanni. And nice. um, Nice. So so when you decided to do that, did you, I know, because you said you were so, you were responsible for your siblings and all that stuff. So did you have any angst about that? Or did you just like, oh God, I got to go. No, I was terrified and scared. I didn't know how like anything would get taken care of, who would take care of them. And that's kind of a trend that I still even feel like as I move job to job, like Mm -hmm. I feel so responsible for everything and everyone in my life, like all the time. Yeah, in the same way. And maybe it's a Virgo. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, with them, I had um, this best friend when I was in from element from middle school to like high school and some college. And he was like, um, 
you don't understand like what you did. Like you got in to the University of Florida. Everybody doesn't get in to the University of Florida. You have to be really smart to go there. And I was like, okay, so <laughs> and he's like, I just need you. He was like, emancipate her, Lincoln. I just need you <laughs> to go. Just go. Be free. <laughs> Live your life. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, fine. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm going to tell my dad I'm going to go. I got scholarships. I got everything paid for. I got a Kiwanis scholarship. I got a teaching scholarship because I was like the president of the teachers club. Didn't never wanted to be. A well, I am a teacher, but I'm yeah, not like you are just not a school teacher. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. All of these things. And so everything was paid for. And my dad really couldn't say no. And I had to convince him because, you know, I'm Indian. Right. So I was like, well, no, they have the best business school in the, in, in Florida. And so I'm going to go because I'm going to become an accountant. And he's like, okay, fine. You know, and then you'll come back home and, you know, take care of the kids and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Two years later, changed, changed my major to family youth and community sciences, which is essentially social work mm -hmm. um, at the university and minored in education, minored in youth, lived probably my best life ever at UF. Like those days are some of the best things ever in life. And I uh, met my husband and yeah, I mean, I just, after I met him too, I was like, I'm not going home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. After you have that taste of freedom, you're like, why? No, yeah, it's, it's hard back. to go back to constraints. And it's like people that have been entrepreneurs and having to go into a corporate environment after that, it's almost like the cage going, Phew. You know, oh my God. um, so it's, uh, it's, it's that amazing. Never happens. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've got yes. like, I've got one foot out the door right now and I've got um, the other foot's coming out October 31st. So. All right. Well, congratulations on that. So now Thank you've you. spoken it out to the gods. So it is, it is done, right? It is done on the best day ever. Sam Hine, Halloween, whatever you want to call it. The day of the dead, the next day, it's the perfect time for letting it go. That's right. That's right. So um, go ahead and tell me just a little bit about how things are for you now. I know you've, you've gone through all of this wonderful awakening and learned all these amazing things to help yourself and to help others. And you and I've worked together um, yeah. a few times, you helping me, me helping you, you know, it's been, it's been great. And actually I met you because of um, another friend of ours that yeah. we, we both know, right? She's the best. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So that that's, it's always cool. Like that's one of the things I think is, is good about getting into um, groups because I met Hannah in a hypnosis course that I was in. And mm -hmm. so then we became friends and then I met you through her mm -hmm. and, you know, and it's like these, when you have the, the openness to get into a group of some kind, you don't know what your purpose for being there is, you know, it could be, you know, that there may be somebody that they know that really needs to hear what you say. So I always um, am excited when I um, become friends with someone that was in the group. And I will say every group I've been in, there've been at least one person that I've come away as a, as a good friend. And, and that's pretty impressive. I think, don't, don't you have the same kind of thing that happens to you? Yeah. You just froze or was it me? Ooh. What? 
did you get me? Hannah and I took mediumship development training together. Okay. So, um, her and I connected through mediumship and then we've pretty much stayed like BFF since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's the only, she's really the only human I trust to do my Reiki, even if it's virtual, I don't care. And, um, <laughs> and read me and get all deep into my spirit team there. Into your psyche. Into my psyche. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. So go ahead. Tell us a little bit about what your mindset is now and all the different wonderful things that are happening in your life now. So I, you know, funny enough, I would still say that it's terrifying that making big decisions is hard. And I think anyone who doesn't appreciate that making big decisions is hard has something else coming Um, (laughs) because the reality is we're doing something new every day and every should be right. A lot of people (laughs) don't. And, and I will say that making change and doing, making decisions like that is is hard. And that's why a lot of people don't do it. Yeah. They don't stretch themselves because it's uncomfortable. Exactly. And you know, Hannah was the person who taught me, does it, is it fear or is it excitement? And I was mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, what are you talking It feels about? the same. Cause it feels the same. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, it's excitement. <laughs> that's right. So I would say my mindset now, I definitely spend a lot of time on a daily basis working on my mindset as a psychic medium, I am tapping into a lot of different energy fields, um, different universes, dimensions, whatever you want to call them. Probably also another podcast. And <laughs> we'll start taking notes. We'll, we'll do a bunch of, yes, yeah, we'll have follow-ups. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I really feel strongly that if you can't come into a session or to somebody that you're going to work on their healing with from a grounded, healed place, then you're doing them a disservice. You're putting your own issues and your own things at the forefront where it's really about them. Right. And that's one of the hardest things I think we have to learn is to control our mindset, to not influence them based off of our judgments, but to channel the information that we need to with our spirit team. And how you do that is you build a relationship with your spirit team through meditation. As a medium, we blend our energy with our spirit team. So we're constantly able to know when they're here. Like mine have been here this entire podcast. It makes my eyes feel a little blurry, but I'm here. <laughs> and, you know, I know that they're here and supporting me in what I'm discussing and what I'm talking about and guiding it too. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's what I do for my mindset. I, I meditate daily. Um, I do blend with my spirit team multiple times a week. I journal and I actually pull tarot. So the reason I have this filter on is because like I have tarot cards everywhere right now and I haven't cleaned them up. So, yeah. <laughs> so I pull tarot for myself on a daily basis and I see where I'm going um, and what my day is going to look like and checking in with my energy. And um, yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of other things I do for my mindset. How deep do you yeah. want me to go? <laughs> Well, let me just ask you this real quick. When um, we're talking about your mindset and everything. So what are you um, like, what are you aspiring to right now that, you know, you're you're feeling this little bit of um, extra excitement about these, about new adventures that you've got going on? What are those? So hot off the press, I um, am going to be doing tuning fork therapy this month. Um, Okay. 
So I'm going to be learning how to do tuning fork therapy in your auric field and get into the nitty gritty because I didn't even know you were holding. Well, I kind of knew you were holding blocks and there's holes in your aura and things like that. But I just use Reiki for that. I didn't know tuning forks was able to help heal that as well. So I'm excited to add sound therapy to what I do because it's such a big part, even in my meditations, like I use Solfrigio sounds on a regular basis, on a daily basis. Um, in my sessions, I'm using, you know, videos on YouTube, but that sound component is a really big thing to do with your healing and with your energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to bring that in. I um I recently last week at my Reiki share, you know, I am a psychic medium. And now as a medium, we are, we have the ability to channel your past loved ones. I specifically don't channel past loved ones as a reading option yet, because I'm still developing. I'm probably four or five years into my development and it can take up to 10 years to develop well as a medium where you can constantly do this as a business and and your, your body is used to the fluctuation of energy. So, um, I had uh, these these new people come to my Reiki share and they were like, I, I literally said, I don't do channeling spirits, okay? I can, I'm very capable of it, but I don't do it as a service. So she's like, oh, can you read my cards, you know, after Reiki share? I'm like, sure, no problem. So I was like, what is your question? And she's like, I want to know if my brother's okay. And I was like, my girl, you tarot cards are not going to tell you that. You need to tap in. <laughs> and I just said, I don't do that. So I was like, you know, spirit led me here and brought me here to this situation for a reason. I understand boundaries, but I was very clear with her. And I said, you know, like I said, (laughs) that's not something I offer, but I will happily try to bring him in for you and see what I get. And we'll just see what happens. Right. So she said, okay, no problem. I channeled an entire message for her. I was very much aware and on point of her brother. Her brother had just passed three weeks ago, uh, three months ago, excuse me. And, um, you know, she was just concerned about different things. So, um, he, he validated that it was him multiple times. And I brought messages through to where the next day she said, I have another friend who would like to (laughs) blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Just come on, just come on. (laughs) We'll try. We'll try again and we'll see what happens. But I like, you know, I, I believe in balance and yin and yang. And so I still read her tarot cards and charged her for reading tarot cards because I was like, I'm not trying to mess with the energy balance here. That's um, right. That's right. But it pushed me to med and the next day I did it again. And it was the same. The two people that came through were the two people she was interested in connecting with. And I was like, okay, listen, I'm hearing you guys, spirit team. I'm hearing the, the occurrences that are happening here. And I meditated on it. And um, if I did not hear the name Carlos the Medium, Carlos the Medium, Carlos the Medium several times in my meditation, I, um, I, when I trained with mediumship with Uma, Carlos was also co-training with him. And Carlos's way of training is very like practical. I would say he's like the, this is what is happening, like step-by-step. And it's very clear and I really understand it. And I love like his videos and how he explains things because I can really resonate with it in how I learn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I looked on his website and I didn't see anything. And I was like, oh, whatever. He probably doesn't do it. And I was like, no, your guys were very clear. <laughs> so I messaged him and was like, hey, do you happen to mentor people for mediumship? And he's like, yeah, I'll send you an email. I was like, what? Yeah. Wow. 
So I'm going to start working on being developed a little bit deeper in my mediumship to be able to offer that. Um, because I don't have like UK Arthur Finley money right now. <laughs> so hopefully I'll build up to that and then mm-hmm. go to the UK and train at Arthur Finley as well. Um, or even Lisa Williams has a really great mediumship development program, but again, $5,000 in. Nice. So I'm super excited. And that's what I have on my horizon. Um, for my business, I am working on trainings. So I kind of like secretly train is how I say it. So I'll have clients that will book me and say, or have conversations really Mm -hmm. and say, you know, I really have no idea about this, that, and the other. And I'm like, you know, just book a, a tarot session with me and we'll do coaching. And I, will coach them through what they need to learn. And it's been the clairs lately. It's been, it's been the basics of like manifestation clairs and things like that. So I'm going to be working on developing my own training program so that I can offer trainings on a monthly basis or regular basis. Um, I've, I, you, yeah, I sneak it into my Reiki group. So I have um, my Reiki attuned students who they are my students. And then there's some of their friends that are also Reiki attuned. So we'll get together and I've done different things like um, auras or readings um, because I kind of forget sometimes how tapped in and how many things I have done and trained mm-hmm. in um, that I can't just, you know, put it together for a training for other people. So I do, we're going to do plants next week and we found some plants to rescue some plant Reiki and I'll probably build in some psychic stuff in there and start offering that a little bit more openly to the community. Wow. That sounds like some amazing stuff coming up. Congrats. Congrats. Well, let me ask you if you'll do one thing and if you don't want to, you, you know, just say, eh, we'll do that another time. Do you want to pull a card for everybody? Oh, I would love to. Okay. What say medium would say no to that? I know, but you know, I can't just assume, you know what that means. Oh. <laughs> Isn't there a Southern saying about assumptions? Uh-huh. Isn't there a Southern saying about assumptions? I forgot what it is. Make a, um, let's see, an ass out of you and me, assume. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spirit. What does the collective need to know? Ooh, very nice. All right. So we have the page of swords to start out with, and that is you ready to cut through the bullshit. Excuse my French. (laughs) You're ready to stop stopping yourself from stop allowing, from stopping you from allowing yourself to allow in the greatness. There is a lot of heaviness that you're carrying with the 10 of swords. That's like feeling a lot of things on your plate, a lot of things that are happening at one time and ignoring that those things are occurring and just kind of pretending like I don't have to deal with this. I can just leave it alone. Like I could easily think of 10 things right now that I have to get done that I'm not going to get done before I go to sleep, but it's okay because I'm going (laughs) to eventually get it done. Eventually it's that feeling of Mm -hmm. it just being too much and too overwhelming, but you have the five of pentacles in reverse. So whereas you would normally upright be thinking, you know, I, I have these things and I, and I, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not able to do these things in this way. You're walking past the, the, 
the power of knowing that you can reach out for help, right? So in reverse, the five of pentacles is telling us that you have that ability. You have that ability to call on those who can help you, who can mentor you, who can guide you and allowing those things to come together for you. So you can get back to that that self, that baseline of cutting away the things that no longer serve you. If you're overwhelmed with all these things, just pick the things that you need to do and hone in on knowing that you are good enough. You are good enough to do what it is you want to do and what you're here for. And if that is not a summation of our podcast today, what? I know, I know. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Ah, wonderful. Well, Like I said, I appreciate you being here so much. And I know all of the listeners and watchers um, do as well. And so um, anybody that is watching this, please um, subscribe to the channel, um, like the channel, listen to it, share it out, because we really want to grow and offer a lot of people to see the guest and take part in whatever it is that they offer. And I will be um, um, on the descriptions and everything. I'll be putting all of your links on there so everybody can see your bio um, and they'll be able to see the things about you. And I'll actually be putting some of my information on there as well. So anybody that uh, would like to uh, reach out and speak to me, you know, you're more than welcome to do that. I'll have my email address there, which is just the enlightened peach at gmail.com. And then I am on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is just the enlightened peach. And on Instagram is the underscore enlightened underscore peach. And, and I'll, I'll share that in there too. So if somebody were to just be right now thinking, oh, I want to talk to her um, mm-hmm. and they don't want to wait till um, to look in the comments and get all the links, what is the best link for them to uh, best way for them to get in touch with you? Definitely. Um, you would want to text me. You can text me at 954-480-3182. I do have a day job, so I will reply eventually, but I usually reply right away and I do sleep. So, you know, people want to text me in the middle of the night. (laughs) People actually need to sleep around here. Um, no, but that is the hundred percent. The best way to get me is to text me directly, or you can message me on Instagram at metafix, M-E-T-A-F-I-X, 1111. So four ones. And I have a special for your guests. So whoever listens to the show will go be whoever goes to listen to the show and clicks on our website to book a session and you type in the code word peach p-a-c-h you will receive 10% off of your reading or your healing service forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Oh, wonderful. For Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I appreciate it greatly. Well, I want to tell everyone that I have enjoyed immensely having you on here, Wahida. And I love doing this podcast and giving me a voice and giving you a voice. And hopefully everybody else benefits from that as well. Thank you. Thank you.